and welcome to a new episode of the Startup Diaries. In today's episode, we've got Callum Slother of Ingenious, the MD of Ingenious, joining us. Uh, Ingenious allows companies to book, track and manage vehicle movements all in one place entirely online. In this episode, Callum talks us through the journey which Ingenious have gone through, which involved pivoting from a tech platform to a tech-enabled service. Uh, He also then talks through actually how Ingenious have built an almost faultless platform that's never crashed, but what's next in their journey with regards to technology. He talks through how to set goals for your tech team and also making an impact through your work. Um, It's a really good episode. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome, Callum. Hi, Chris. Um, Do you want to start off by telling us a bit about yourself and the Ingenious story? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, I joined uh, Ingenious actually about five years ago now, uh, almost to the day. Um, we've uh, we've been trading for about four four years of those. So we're still a, a pretty young company. Uh, in terms of how I found myself at Ingenious, I, I started uh, I started work first in consulting, uh, so strategy consulting with a, a company called OCNC. Uh, I actually went briefly in house to one of their uh, clients, a company called. The European Tour, uh, so the sort of Premier League of golf for uh, those that don't play play golf, uh, and um, and then I moved on shortly after. And actually, the main reason for moving on was realizing how difficult it was to have an impact in uh, in big corporate companies, and uh, and that's actually really what brought me to Ingenious. Um, when I started talking to the guys that founded it, I realized uh, just how big an opportunity opportunity there is for the company to have an impact in a in a market that I think is ripe for. Uh, right for disruption and, and technology to be um uh, to, to be sort of invested in the market if you like and uh and it's proven to be the case in so I'm, I'm still here five years later um in in sort of brief terms in terms of what ingenious does uh we're trying to create a tech enabled service or cab creators tech enabled service for moving for moving vehicles so uh, that's anything from sort of getting new car delivered or online which more and more people are doing now um or, or a lot of the time actually delivering vehicles for corporate fleet. So if you're you know, a big utilities company and you've got thousands of vehicles, then there's lots of movements that are needed to keep that fleet running. So, um, so yeah, that's the short, short pitch of what we do and, um, and how I've come to, uh, to be ingenious. Well, firstly, uh, you, you walked away from the European tour, which is probably like a dream, yeah. dream job for a lot of people, so, um, and jumped into the startup world, so fair play to you. Um, but I think one of the things that's quite interesting about Ingenious' background that we've spoken about uh, previously is that you weren't necessarily originally set up to be that tech-enabled service, and you pivoted away from um, a different version of, of the platform mm-hmm. previously. Um, do you want to talk through the kind of decision-making during the, the company story to, that took you from tech platform to tech-enabled service? Yeah, definitely. So we, as I said, um, the company really got going in March 2017 and we launched in April 2018. So we had about a year there of doing really sort of research and development, go-to-market strategy, uh, platform development, all, all of those sort of um, things to just create a, a product that was, that was ready for market and had product market fit. And in, in that year, we the really key thing that we realized was the nature of the uh, vehicle movement is, is that it's mission critical, which means that there's really high cost of failure when it goes wrong. So if you're an online retailer, um, you, you know, the, 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 the cost of failure of uh, getting vehicle movement wrong or not to delivering the vehicle when you're meant to deliver it is a, bad PR, um, poor trust pilot reviews and and a lack of sort of consumer confidence. If you're a corporate fleet, as we were talking about, then it could be uh, missed appointments. You know, think if you're British gas and you you let someone down because the engineer doesn't have a plan. So so what we realized actually, going back to your question, was that the the tech only model of essentially being 
uh, an online platform where you, you punt your orders up and see if you get a quote back wasn't right for uh, the nature of the service that we're delivering. So to put it in sort of layman's terms, what we what we created is more of an Amazon than an eBay. So it's more one click ordering in and get your guaranteed service and, and price. Um, and it's not eBay. It's not where you you know you list your you list your vehicle movement and hope you get a good good price back. Um, and that's that's really important, I think, particularly on the tech side, uh, because it, it's it's a whole lot more complicated when you've got to take uh, responsibility for the service that's delivered, as uh, you know, just as well as the booking, uh, the booking part, which um, which would only come with the uh, the, the tech name part. Do you, was it a tough decision to make, or is it quite obvious to you as you kind of when it got to that point to go right, we're going the wrong direction, or was it a difficult conversation to to have? Um, it certainly wasn't necessarily entirely. I think clear the co-founders wouldn't wouldn't mind me saying um in their mind exactly what where they saw the business going so uh we, we talked in quite sort of general terms about benefits that genius bring to customers mm-hmm. um so the transparency the control all of the normal um uh, sort of advantages of technology that people operating similar models would talk about across different markets so that we were clear on sort of the value that we wanted to bring to companies we weren't necessarily clear about exactly how we would do it. So the, the what was clear, the how wasn't, and and this was, uh, and so this was a, a really important thing for us to decide exactly how we were going to deliver yeah. um, that value to the companies that we now work with. Um, in terms of once, once I think we had listened to a lot of the, the conversations that we had had with uh, people, and we went to see about fifty or sixty different um, companies across them across different bits of the automotive industry in twenty seventeen. Once you'd heard those conversations, it was actually quite obvious that just the the, the tech only model wasn't going to work. So um, we had to rethink it and um, and go to the tech side. Good, good. Yeah, we, we, it's interesting because we've had a few companies on the on the people on the podcast have spoken about it. They've obviously they've actually done it at a latest point as well. So it's I guess it's quite a fortunate situation where you've discovered it early and, and made that those adjustments before yeah. um, before like really building the product into you know an end level detail. Yeah, exactly. And just um, to be clear, so what the difference is, is that we now operate a, a network of about four or 500 self-employed drivers internally. Um, so as well as having the, the sort of two sides to the, the company, there's the technology side and there's the, the network and the operation side. So um, the technology was always going to be part of it and, and it's what we kept. And then the, the um, in-house supply chain, if you like, is the bit that's been the main difference. So rather than just... Um, grouping up or aggregating up people that were already doing vehicle movement what we've essentially done is introduced new uh, suppliers and so new self-employed workers into the market to work directly with us um, and we've uh, we've taken on lots more people as a result yeah good good well look i think one of the interesting things for you as well you were you were the first hire for the business mm-hmm. and um it means i guess that you you've progressed throughout the company you've been involved in every aspect uh, which isn't something that many people get to do within a company um unless they are you know so they found it themselves so do you think that that's really helped you with, with where you where you are currently within your role as md yeah it, it definitely has um I, I think people that have come from consulting can often think they're jack of all trades and they know it all and i think when you go into a company uh for real you realize that's not the case <laughs> so I've, I've definitely learned an, an awful lot um albeit those sort of technical skills have, have helped um yeah, I have I have sort of done everything. I mean, you know, to be clear, there's definitely some blind spots in there. So um, I'm not a, I'm not a coder. I can't write I can't write software. Uh, I can try and write specs, which I don't think the software guys like. Um, but, you know, financially, you know, we could 
do modeling but then there's all sorts of other you know reasons like one is the as the fd so yeah i have got i've got a good awareness across the across the business and it definitely has helped um i've had a huge amount of sort of trust from the founders as well which has been great so um they, you know they've, they've really given me uh freedom to uh move across the business as as um as necessary and as you need to when you're you know only a handful of people at the start you sort of need everybody to um to do every you know mucking with everything and, and do what's needed so uh yeah, I have I have seen the the different parts of the business, uh, but mainly a focus actually on the commercial side. So um, winning the business and and then um, uh, managing the existing customers that we've got on board. Well, I mean, I was just I'll throw something in there for you. Is what kind of attracted you to the role as you know you're going in from corporate organisations, pretty steady place of work, essentially even like a very clear career path, but then jump into you and you know a founder or two. Uh, yeah how what what sort of the decision making behind that so i think that the the main attraction as as i said of ingenious was seeing a market that i think quite rightly i wasn't familiar with and lots of other people won't be familiar with um vehicle markets, that was clearly clearly a really good candidate for someone to come along with a uh, some really good technology albeit applied in the right way so you know having the supply chain in house as well um, but fundamentally coming along with some great technology and, and, and improving the way that that market works for everybody. So we're not just talking about sort of ingenious making money in the middle here. Actually, by technology, you can improve the way that uh, vehicle movement works, both for customers and for, for suppliers as well. Um, without boring you with the, with the detail, vehicle movement is a little bit different to, say, other logistics um, other logistics uh, type type platform. So if you think about someone like a, an Uber Uber driver, if an Uber driver is not working, uh, then the cost of not working is sort of sitting by the road earning earning nothing. Actually, the cost of not working if you're a vehicle delivery driver is a is a is a train ticket back the other way. So if you do you know, Birmingham to Manchester, and then you haven't got a ride back from Manchester to London, and actually there's a there's a, a cost associated with that. So um, actually, by apply, applying technology, better matching together customers and suppliers uh we can benefit the supplier hugely uh, so the supplier can take home more net pay at the end of the day uh, they can spend less on train tickets and more uh, earn more money uh, and likewise for customers actually creating like a, a scale uh operation within vehicle movement also comes with with advantages um whether that's sort of delivering some of the tech that customers i think come to expect or consumers have come to expect in lots of different markets now so you know the, the ability to click a link and track a package or a or a vehicle in this case to your door uh, people expect that that wasn't necessarily live in vehicle movement before ingenious got going um or actually sort of just quite simply creating like a, a, a national um a national network or a one-stop shop as we would see it for customers uh mm-hmm. to do all of their vehicle movements and then control all of that via an, an online portal that they can log into from anywhere you know they can cl- place an order in 30 seconds and forget about it if they want to or if they want to dive into the order and and see all of the uh you know the, the photos the tracking the expense receipts everything uh, to do with it then they can do that too so um that's a long-winded way of saying we've uh we've got um we think we've created something that benefits everybody and uh, and then obviously there's there's um benefit for ingenious in the middle too so that was the real attraction where it just seemed like a a, a great opportunity to uh, change the change the market for the better. Speaking some good tech for good in there as well regarding sort of reduction in carbon output for mm. you know having two separate 
return journeys for someone it's there's going to be significant reductions yeah. there well we uh, there's a there's a good little case study that we did with our first clients here i can't reveal the name of but a large corporate fleet with thousands of vans and we the the analysis we did with them early on was that for every 10 miles of useful vehicle movement they were actually driving 22 miles and that's because they were using two vans to go it, with two drivers to go and pick up the vehicle then the two drivers come back in in the two vans and and vice versa so uh yeah there's a there's a huge environmental angle here as well which is if you can avoid uh chaser vehicles and if you can avoid uh empty transporter vehicles then actually we can save a lot of issues excellent well i think going into the tech aspect as well you, you uh, i know that ingenious's platform is ridiculously reliable um and it's obviously quite a proud badge of honor the tech team where I, I, interesting i want to understand sort of when it comes to your tech team going forward um what what are their sort of goals as a, as a team what are their goals for the business and um yeah do you want to sort of just give us a bit of background around that Mm. So I think we're doing a really sort of important exercise at the moment of going through uh, the different stakeholders that we've got. So the customers uh, on one side, suppliers on the other side, and the sort of internal ops side uh, or internal operations staff on in the middle. Um, and we're thinking about what, how those, uh, what's the experience of Ingenious for those different stakeholder groups at the moment, and what do we need to do in terms of technology to make life better for, for each of those groups as it stands. So. Um, on the customer side, it's all about sort of the reliability of the service and the speed of, of reaction. So being able to sort of do things at shorter notice, potentially than we're, we're currently doing and sort of providing an absolutely rock solid service. So uh, the vehicles are always delivered on the on the day that the, the customer's booked. Um, and on the supplier side, it's really about making sure that um, every single movement that a supplier is willing to do is made really easily available to that supplier. So um, no, we're not going to kid that we've nailed the technology so far. We, we really haven't. We've got a long way to go. Um, the app where the, the driver is, is choosing and scheduling their work could be an awful lot better. Um, we could do, you know, we can take a lot of inspiration from the social media networks that are, uh, you know, ordering the, the choice of, uh, well, in their case, content, in our case, uh, movements, sort of thinking about it in terms of relevance rather than our sort of A to Z approach as it stands. Um, so there's all sorts of things we can do there. We, we can deploy tech to um, to essentially make working with Ingenious uh, easy, profitable for the suppliers and, and fun as well. People want a sense of community and they want to they want to feel valued. Yeah. Um, so that's something that we, we recently launched uh, supplier feedback text on every every job. And we get tons of tons of feedback from, from drivers. They want to feel like they're, uh, you know, important and they're being listened to. And there's, there's loads more we can do there. So, um, yeah, so for e each group, we've got a really clear sort of uh, mission statement and a clear sense of where we are now. And, and it's a, about really developing features uh, that are needed in order to sort of better match up the customer on one side and the supplier on the other. Um, as a tech-enabled service, I think that's, that's the majority of the work. But increasingly, as we get to large scale, the, um, the, the challenge for us is going to be about data analytics and sort of machine learning as well. So um what can we learn from our historic data in terms of how likely is it that a, a certain profile of driver might decide to self-schedule a certain movement uh, and what does that mean in terms of the alerts we send that driver the order that it appears on their on their app um there's all sorts of all sorts of really interesting sort of data and analytics questions which at the moment we haven't scratched the surface of um but as we go forward actually that sort of data and machine learning pieces is, is going to become important to us
Exciting. Excellent. And one of the things I'd love to dive into with you as well is that I know you've got a really strong team culture with an ingenious, you've got a flexible working environment. Um, it'd be interesting to, interesting to know, you know what it's like to, for people to hear what it's like to work with an ingenious and actually what type of people do particularly well within the business. Hmm. Yeah, so Ingenious's uh, staff is made up of people from both inside the industry but also outside of the industry. So I hope uh, people in the automotive industry in the UK won't mind me saying that it tends to be quite a closed shop. So uh, people tend to have worked in the automotive industry all their, their lives and they, and they sort of rarely leave. It's a tightly networked industry. And to be clear, we're not rejecting that. We've got people internally that are from the automotive industry. Um, but also, really importantly, we're, we're trying to build a team of really diverse backgrounds and experience. Uh, so we're bringing together people from, I, I can't name how many different sectors so far. We've got about 55 or 60 staff now, but really important to us is sort of diversity uh, of, of opinion and view and background and, and experience. And, and then in terms of culture, it's sort of, well, one, having them in place, but two, then catering for um for the people's different needs from from those different backgrounds so yeah you're right to mention remote working i think that's a part of uh, you know uh, life that everyone expects now uh, where they can there's some roles in the company where that's that's not possible given the nature of what we do but um for, for everybody else that's that's definitely something that, that we try and put in place um and also we just see in a, a this sort of tech led approach that we've got being a, a real opportunity for us to do something differently to, to the rest of the vehicle movement market so it sounds it sounds um it sounds trivial but you know just having your offices right in the center of birmingham so we're you know two minute walk from the station we're right next to the bars restaurants cafes all that sort of stuff actually that's it's a bit unique in vehicle movement when the rest of the industry is in um you know off a junction of the the, the m1 or whatever it might be so yeah. um you know we're trying to create a completely unique culture within vehicle movement and make it really heavily tech focused rather than logistics focused Perfect. So like I said to you prior to jumping on the call here and starting the recording, really, I spoke about you know the idea of when you bring in diversity of thought and bring in people who come from different businesses and different industries, they bring new blood, new ideas that you're creating a product that's disrupting an industry, right? It's changing the way an industry works. So having people who haven't worked in it can often sometimes go, well, if you did this at this company, could this work here? And um, hence you get an innovative product, right? An innovative tech-led business. So um, that's good to hear. Um, yeah, I think I think one of the things early on, actually, that we if we could go back and have our time again would be that we'd hire more diversely than we initially did. We right. I think we overvalued experience early on and we undervalued um, thinking, if you, if you see what I mean, um, as just sort of latitudes of different ways of, of, of doing stuff or approaching stuff. So um, this 100 percent a role that experience plays within or direct experience plays within a business. I think what we've learned is you've just got to carefully pair that up with then the ability to um, sort of almost work from first principles and bring mm -hmm. a diverse experiences to then rethink maybe how, how things are currently done. Well, one of the things you said earlier, obviously, was around the reasons you joined just to make that impact into to being able to make an impact into the business. I guess, what sort of impact could people expect to make on joining Ingenious now? Like, what, what, what sort of things could you tell us about the impact that others could make? Yeah, so I think impact is definitely the key sort of word or reason as to why I joined. I saw the the ability or the uh, scope for big impact to be made, and I I think that's still true of people that um, are, you know considering potentially joining 
um, ingenious now uh, would, would be exactly that. So um, I think we've got a huge market opportunity uh, ahead of us. We, you know, it's certainly true that we've got probably under half a percent market share, despite we already think being one of the, you know, the largest uh, providers in the market, we've still got a ton of, um, a ton of the market to go. So um, it's still right for disruption. It's still, um, we've got a huge pipeline of customers. We've got um, all the reasons to believe we're going to get bigger. So anyone that's joining now is is still joining at an early stage, and we'll, we'll still have that impact um, in a market that that actually probably hasn't moved a lot in the in the time we've been looking at it. Mm-hmm. One other thing I think people can expect that sort of externally, if you like, so that's the market. If we think about it internally instead, um, we often talk about our ability to sort of build the business and run the business. So um, running the business being the operational stuff day to day and building the business being transforming it um, and making it work sort of fundamentally better um, it's hard to do both at the same time and it's um, we're now getting to the stage where you do have the scale to be able to split that out so you can have people that are just focused on running the business and people that are just focused on on building it and it's really where we're uh, where we're focusing a lot of our effort at the moment is getting people in the business that can do the building bit so you know that we were talking a lot about sort of thinking and different approach um that's exactly where we're concentrating a lot of our hires so uh, whether it's people joining the sort of the tech team in in development or product roles or it's in the commercial team or, or, or actually the operations team too um a lot of the impact that people are going to have when they join now is going to be on transforming the business so it works it works better in you know yes uh, t- tomorrow than it did yesterday and um uh, and so that's a pretty exciting stage to be joining at, I think. Cool. Excellent. One of the two of the last, last questions we always ask on this podcast are really around what the first one is, what's your biggest challenge been personally throughout the journey within Ingenious? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, lots. Um, the, <laughs> I'd say sort of g- generically um, about joining a business at an early stage, uh, the biggest challenge is, is, is probably, and anyone would say this, is the ups and downs. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but uh, I think the smaller the business, the bigger the ups and the downs are. Uh, so you you can have a great day where someone's complimenting you on how, you know, why hasn't this existed before? Or you sign up a new client and, and life feels great. And then mm-hmm. uh, and then ine- inevitably the next day, there's some <laughs> some challenges. And because you're only a small organi- organization, they quickly become your whole world. So, yeah. you know, the sort of mental toll actually of dealing with that and not and, and not sort of being as uh, as fickle or reactive to those ups and downs as, as they come as, as you should be is, is probably the, the number one challenge and uh and that's really actually i think rather than listing off all my woes i'll stop at that yeah the ups and downs no i think that's a good one. that's not one that's been come up before it's probably overlooked like oh, yes. <laughs> yeah so no i can i love that one um and then finally the, the final question we always ask is what one piece of advice would you give someone who's wanting to take the leap into a startup or growing a startup uh, you've obviously done it so um what would you advise um, so if you're, I think if you're starting one yourself, I would say sort of think, think big. And I don't mean that in a sort of cliche way of, you know, change the world and um, uh, in, in that sort of sense. I actually think just practically in, sort of t- in terms of selling your idea, in terms of investment, it's actually an awful lot easier to sort of think really big and map out big vision early on than it is to start a company a little bit smaller, be less ambitious, and then turn around to investors in, uh three four five years time and say oh but by the way it could be so much bigger if we did this so my my um my tip on sort of starting one actually would be just really take advantage of the the you know the, the great investment um 
environment that we've got at the moment where there is a lot of money available for great ideas and really map out that idea and uh, uh, think big and communicate it in a, in a great way. Um, in terms of joining one, I think the, the critical thing is that you, you back the people that you're working with. If you're going to join a small organisation inherently, there won't be very many people in, in that organisation and you're going to spend a lot of time talking to those people and working with them. Um, one of the sort of lessons I've learned since being in the MD role in particular, so since last October, is that, you know, we, we have uh, this sort of uh, um, distinction we talk about in terms of will and skill with people that we're hiring. And some people think that you better to have a higher will, a high will person or high skill person. I come down entirely on the will side. So, you know, so long as someone wants it, you can teach skill, you, you, you can't teach will. Um, and I would, you know, that's the case for me. But whatever it is that you value in a uh, in a person or a colleague or a boss or someone that's going to report to you, just really think about people because it's your at a small company. Your entire experience of working there will, will come down to the people. Yeah, love that. Completely relate to it. I, I was actually the first hire for the Burnshire Manchester team mm -hmm. uh, when they started off, and it was I joined based on the person who was running it. Bought into him. Knew I was going to be You're in the trenches. Here. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still stuck here. Um, so yeah, I'm joking. Um, but the, uh, yeah. Yeah, you're going to be in the trenches with those people, right? You, you know, it's, yeah. it's going to be, yeah. you know, those ups and downs that you've spoken about. You're going to go through them with them. Um, mm -hmm. You know, are they going to pick you up when you, when you're down or you're frustrated? Are they going to celebrate with you when it's and say well done at the same time when it's, when it's gone well? That's that's something that um, you need to identify completely. I completely mm -hmm. agree with that. Um, look, I, that brings us to the end of the podcast, really. Uh, uh, Callum, really appreciate you sharing that journey, the story, and, and, and insight into into Ingenious. I think it's really, really, really good episode for us there. Um, but look, thanks for being on the podcast, and uh, for, for those listening, um, you can reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you, um, and I'm sure Callum, you're obviously yourself, hear from people who are interested in the business. Um, both of us are on yeah. LinkedIn. Um, and also, if you like what you've heard, please subscribe and uh, yeah, join, yeah, follow us on, uh, on on our social media platforms as well. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Callum. Appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. <laughs>